0: Hello, we are Terra Nova, a horror podcast, hosted by Kendall and Jackie. And here we talk about everything horror. And this podcast is specifically for you, the horror fans, and the non-horror fans. If you're too scared to watch the movies, it's fine. We talk about it, we discuss it, we dissect it, we laugh about it, talk about the good, the bad, and the tropes. And we have new episodes released Tuesdays bi-weekly.
1: And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Terra Nova underscore podcast. But also feel free to reach out through email at terranova.pod at gmail.com. And most importantly, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend.
0: And tell your dog too, Cujo. <laughs> Hello,
1: everybody. Hello, listeners. How's it going? Welcome back for another episode of Terranova. It's your man and man here, Kendall. Uh, this week, we don't have Jackie again, but she's, she's doing her thing. Feel free to reach out to her if you want to see what up. She's doing all right. Just, just reach out and say hi. She'll be back. <laughs> but in the meantime, this week, we have a guest guest co-host, which I'm, I love having guests. Guests are the best thing ever. And this is a guest that's been a long time coming, a uh, podcaster, writer, a very smart person who does a lot of cool things and has a great voice in the community, and someone that I know personally, which is always fun. <laughs> so welcome, everyone. Avery, how's it going?
0: Hey, applause, applause. Whoa. Applause, wow, applause. what an introduction that was a writer crazy a voice in the community even crazier but here i am and <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very excited to be here because we've been talking about this since the very first time we even met back in like it's almost been a year since we first met each other too
1: yeah i think it has i think it was i think it has been a year i think we met at the chainsaw yeah. awards
0: and i wonder if I wonder. If yeah, we're gonna we did. do that again. I wonder if Zero's gonna gonna host another one. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I hope so. Uh, it was really nice to get a bunch of people together. A Bunch of people I never would have probably met otherwise, or just like probably would have met way later than I needed. Oh, no,
0: literally, <laughs> exactly.
1: So, how's it going? Tell folks a little bit about yourself. I know I kept your intro brief, but uh, feel free to brag. Oh bro, my God. Um,
0: What is there? Yeah, all of the things I can brag about. Let's see. Uh, well, I started my podcast. Uh, It's almost been three years at this point now, which is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it wasn't until I moved to New York about a year ago that my podcast really kind of blew up in a sense. And I've met so many great horror people since moving here, um, especially Kendall and Jackie. And my main focus on my podcast is... uh, of course horror i do horror movies books tv shows i'm just now getting into horror games uh very slowly but surely and
1: uh <laughs> yeah we gotta play Dead by day we daylight. do
0: i'm still practicing i'll let you know when my <laughs> when my practicing is over and i'm
1: you and i you you can practice with me i need to get i'm still a beginner too i ain't been playing long
0: okay okay that makes me feel better because someone else that i uh had as on my podcast <laughs> he was like yeah i love to have people uh play dead by daylight with me who don't know what they're doing and i'm like okay yeah that sounds promising <laughs> um but i i like to focus on black horror and queer horror specifically though i do cover in a range of horror nonetheless and yeah i just i love the genre i love what it means to people and what it represents
1: nice uh, how, uh you said you, you, your podcast kind of blew up when you got to new york so like what was uh I don't know what you think was the reason it kind of popped when you got here. Was it just meeting more people? Was the community bigger than you thought? What do you think was the reason? I think
0: a lot of that. um, The more that I branched out into the community. And there's a lot of, I mean, I moved from Florida. And, well, there's not many things there uh, for horror people. It's Florida. I know. know. (laughs) Um, So when I moved here, there were a lot more horror-centric things and just nerdy things to do um and to get involved with and i mean going to things like the chainsaw awards or like the halloween party at osnyc yeah stuff like that you do meet people and through those people you meet other people but also i think that um i mean i i made a tiktok back in april to promote the angry black girl and her monster and that's really what what like
1: movie's dope like
0: it's such a good movie um and that was a turning point for my podcast on on a broader scale in the sense of like the reach um yeah i've definitely made connections since moving to new york and um have you know been able to do so many great things just through the people that i've met but also getting connected to bomani the director of the movie and you know talking with him and
1: everything like
0: that really opened up many other doors that are still continuing to open for me today. So it's really been a great experience the last that's year.
1: That's dope. That's, that's so dope. man. it's amazing that you were connect with direct I always dream of kind of dream about that kind of thing where I, I like a movie so much and actually are fortunate enough to talk to the people who worked on it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So that is amazing. I
0: mean, in New York is especially going to like the Brooklyn horror film festival or like, um, Tribeca is Mm -hmm. a little bit bigger so it's it's more difficult to you know have those conversations but there's so many small film festivals around here that you can get the opportunity to talk to the creators of the movies that you're watching on screen Um, and that's something that I absolutely love about being here
1: dope that's that's awesome yeah I need to jump into some of that stuff too i will be. getting that new york has so much to offer when it comes to that stuff and i just don't be knowing i end up just seeing people posting on instagram later and i'm just like oh that was that's a i thing. know that was <laughs> so I, I need to plug in that, on that was
0: me with the blur uh with the blurred con last year i said i had no idea this was mm-hmm. a thing i did not know that a bunch of black nerds were just getting together and having a good time for an <laughs> entire weekend um and so my goal is to make it there this year
1: Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Let me know about that one because I would like to go. Yeah, through. that sounds. Oh like my
0: gosh, yeah! Like literally everybody we know is there, and I'm like, what? What I wouldn't give to dress up like my favorite, like my favorite character and just prance around all weekend.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Word. That's why people love Comic Con. So why not uh, do it even more than once a year?
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, to take it way, way back, way back, way back. Uh, what kind of got you into horror I don't think I've ever asked you that like even in our personal conversation I don't think I've acted asked you that so what yeah. got you into horror in general um,
0: goodness uh, <laughs> I think well <laughs> it was like a it was a bonding thing for me and my nana and my aunt too uh, we, we oh, all nice. like really loved horror because um, nobody else in our family would like to go to the movies to watch it or would like to just spend their time, you know, watching horror just regularly Because for the average person. Watching mm-hmm. horror is something you kind of have to like prepare yourself for, I guess, like you have to be in the mood for it. And me, yeah. my Nana and my aunt were never like that. We were just like, Ooh, let's watch a movie. Let's watch a like when we say we want to watch a movie, we say that means horror <laughs> um, or thriller at least. So it was always something that we just bonded over. And I discovered a lot of horror movies through my nana specifically. But I think the slashers were always really big between me and my aunt. And so we watched a lot like Halloween, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. Child's Play, Friday the 13th sometimes. Um, And so it was the slashers that really, (laughs) that really like hooked me in the beginning because I was terrified of Chucky. And then in middle school, it's always, it's Chucky. always Chucky. Damn.
1: Because people are kids when they get started. Know, it's always Chucky. I
0: know. Um, when I was in middle school, I the the first time I ever defended a horror movie <laughs> uh, was Cabin in the Woods. It was <laughs> what, like 2013,
1: mm-hmm. 2012? 11? Oh my
0: gosh. Like that. If that. Anyways. Yeah, something ew, like that. Um, yeah. So that was the first time that like <laughs> I realized that I have a passion. Like, it's not just something that I enjoy watching, but there's a passion in there for me. It's something that I feel like I understand on a deeper level. Um, the non-horror mm-hmm. fans are are willing to try to understand. And so I just kind of dug deeper with it. And then I took film in school. I took like philosophy of film, certain classes that really opened my eyes to what movies Mm -hmm. in general can be but also what horror can be and that's really what once i graduated i was like i want to talk more about these things but how and that's when i started my podcast i was like damn i (laughs) i really just i just want to yap about horror all day how can i do that and here we are
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome uh I will say one of my uh, favorite TikToks for me was the one about Leprechaun in the Hood because I saw that movie when I was nine. And even then, me and my pops was like, this movie is a fucking trip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Leprechaun in the Hood, like that really changed my brain chemistry. It was insane. I don't know why I loved that movie as a kid so much. I mean, when I look, at, when I look back at it, I definitely flocked to the movies that had black mm. characters in them more, especially horror movies. Yep. And those were always my favorite but
1: like <laughs> leprechaun in the hood oh what a yeah yeah <laughs> i'm tempted to, to to i'm tempted i'm kind of actually ax, jackie i'm like should we cover that because we haven't a leprechaun at all but a part of me is like i want to do the original but i also want to do leprechaun in the hood because i feel like there is like really good things in that movie but there are also things in that movie where i go nah. oh my god yeah <laughs> but they're like really good things in that movie like ice tv and the lead is like hilarious and they like it playing into his role as a rapper in his real life fitting into the movie and like him being a music exec, Like there's things in that movie that actually make a lot of sense conceptually yeah. but there's some parts of it where you're just like this could have actually been a great movie if they just changed certain things
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's and then you watch the second one the second one is
1: that one was it, terrible it
0: was terrible <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like the representation of Black people get a little better, slightly better. Um, Good point. But oh, the first one is definitely insane. Um, I'll never forget when <laughs> when the Leprechaun goes and like he like has sex with that woman, and she has no idea yes. of, that it's him. And I'm like. Mm i don't like this vision i don't like the memory of it actually i would just wipe it <laughs> yeah. from my <the> brain
1: <laughs> for real that was always uh one of those scenes where i was like i'm gonna ignore this but i just i guess i what i really always really liked about that movie was like the conception of like this magical being being able to give you whatever you want and you know obviously black people stri- striving for some level of success and fame and wealth and he being able to kind of marry that with hip-hop which was like I'm like, I don't know who came up with the idea for this but Like, conceptually, it's just pretty interesting. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah. And it's, I can't say it's one of the first times, but it's definitely an early entry to, like, hip hop being uh, intertwined with black horror, which became a very big thing once LL Cool J came onto the, LL Cool J found his way into every single horror movie (laughs) he could. And I respect that. I do.
1: Yeah, for real, man. Well, yeah, we can make a whole episode about that. So we're going to have to probably revisit oh my that in God, the future. Yeah. That, That's a really fun Please. thing to talk about. But uh, I guess before we forget why we came here, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get into the movie of the day. So it's Black History Month. But you know, like I say all the time, Black History is every day. So Period. it don't really matter that it's a month. But it's cool that we got one. I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. And uh, we're going to cover these movies with people who look like us leading, well, this February or not. But. This time for the last one for the month, we're going to hop into the Blackening, which is a recent movie. I, it's nice that for back to back weeks we get to go to like uh, recent films because we just recently did uh, they clone to who who cloned Tyrone? Mm, yeah. They cloned Tyrone, and I had to, one of my friends on for that, and that was a really fun one. Uh, a recent movie. Then now we got this one that was pretty recent that came out last year as well. So yeah, uh, the Blackening. Hey, Avery, I'm gonna let you do the the summary so we can chop it up mm-hmm. and talk about the hilariousness and weirdness of this horror comedy (laughs) well i'll let you jump in the
0: the release of this movie was uh in june particularly juneteenth weekend and it was perfect yeah it was yeah perfect holiday movie uh because it takes place (coughs) bless you you'll hear my dog intermittently um my my listeners are very acquainted with him (laughs) but um (laughs) The movie takes place during Juneteenth weekend with seven friends. And I like every Juneteenth, they do this. It's just a tradition for them. So they go away for the weekend um, and they end up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. And uh, will their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies help them stay alive? There's this game called The Blackening. They're trapped in this cabin. They have to play this game in order to survive. And the craziest thing about it is. The black guy always dies first. However, if everybody is black, now we're really now we're really chopping it up, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a fun it's a fun movie, a fun cat and mouse, and it it finds a way to subvert all of the different expectations and tropes we've seen throughout the years.
1: Yeah, thank you for that. Uh yeah, man, this movie was fucking fun, man. I mean, before we even hop into like thoughts, I remember. First thing about this movie that caught my attention, oh yeah, was the poster. I remember the poster because I, I, I'm notorious for saying this, but I'll say it again. I I don't watch trailers (laughs) because I just, I, I, I guess call me old school, but I, I, I used to watch when I was when I was a kid watching a lot of movies with my dad. Or just picking what other random horror movies he bought from, like, the, bootle- the dude selling bootlegs yeah. on, like, Notion Avenue or something when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't those those things didn't come with trailers. It was just, like, my dad would basically had a dude He always went to, to buy VHSs, so the dude would just be like, oh, man, I know you love horror, so here's this thing I recommend for you. And he would give us, like, a really, like, rough summary of, like, what the movie is. He's just like, yo... The killer is at these kids for this this that and the third mm-hmm. reason my pops would be like all right cool <laughs> and i was like that was how we got i watched Jeepers creepers for the first time like i didn't see the trailer he just like bought it off this guy who sells bootlegs who knew my dad loved horror so i guess i kind of keep that tradition alive by not watching trailers because like trailers to me reveal too mm-hmm. much and then my mind starts drawing conclusions and i'm like i don't want to do that i just want to jump in raw uh but the posters especially being a graphic designer the graphic design for the like the posters for this movie caught my attention immediately because of the headline i think they had a few variations of it one of them was we all can't die first because you got all the black characters on the cover i was like oh that's dope i was like i love Mm -hmm. that i love that okay okay they jump straight into the tropes, and then i think there was another one that said something like um i'm not sure if i could find it but i think it was another one that said something like um uh damn it all or something it was something about like playing into that whole trope of black person being the first to die or something like that but it was it was it was it was pretty cool so that was like yeah. honestly the first thing that caught my attention more than anything else like i caught i watched a little bit a lot of live tv so occasionally i caught like a snippet of the trailer whether it was like the face on the game board mm-hmm. on the game board uh, i caught that and i was like oh that's some jim crow shit and like i didn't know that was ended up being in the movie <laughs> but i the game to my mind when i saw it so uh yeah there were just things about that the, the the promotions the promotional materials behind the movie kind of caught my attention about the movie immediately of course it being horror i'm in there anyway but then you got black people definitely in there. But the promotional stuff really kind of was like, oh, these people are aware of what this is. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. But uh, what was your first impression of the film?
0: Um, I, I mean, I was very excited about it. I remember them; they were promoting it all the way from, like, I want to say March or April is when the promotion started for it. And that was before I even got a trailer for it. it was I was just seeing the posters of it mm-hmm. in Regal. Uh, posted up and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be good." <laughs> like and because the mm-hmm. the poster you're talking about the initial one, um the biggest the biggest words on the poster are not the title, the blackening. It's "We Can't All Die First," which I thought that's what it was called yeah. for the longest time until the trailer came out. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to see We Can't All Die first <laughs> Um but I mean like I knew like you were saying, I knew exactly off off-rip that this was going to be a response to all of the black horror we've had in the past. But even um I think maybe like leading up to the release of it, not even a month, like two weeks before the character posters came out. Or I started seeing the character posters, which was when you got a little bit more context as to um the not like the conflict, but kind of the humor of this movie. So like one of them will say Mm -hmm. uh, one of the character posters, it has a question that would be in the game, the blackening. So it's like name two cast members from in living color, or is Mac and cheese, a side dish or a main (laughs) Um, name, eight Tyler Perry, (laughs) media movies like different, you know, different little black, (laughs) you know, black culture questions uh, that were funny. Uh, But I mean, yeah, from, from the jump, I was really excited to see this. I even I had to see it. I think I saw it twice or maybe three times in the theaters.
1: Oh, nice! Yeah, I saw it uh, once in theaters, and then I rented it this time off of Amazon to see it this time. It was, but I remember walking out the theater because uh, Cassandra my she came with me to see this mm-hmm. one because this was one of those movies where i was i kind of you know she's not big in horror which is always funny because people are just like you like horror i'm like well i like a lot of things so <laughs> if i only watched horror i don't know if we'd be together because she'd be like i can't do this yeah. <laughs> but she don't she don't really watch horror like that she'll occasionally watch it up ironically like surprisingly like a lot of women that i've met she like she doesn't mind gore which is really weird mm. i don't know what it is with women in gore i feel like somebody needs to write a paper about that <laughs> <laughs> um but she she doesn't mind gore but she was like psychological stuff bothers her which is interesting because yeah. i really like the psychological stuff more yeah. but uh that aside when when this movie came out i remember i was like oh we're going to see that and she was like oh really and i just i think i showed her the poster and she was like well, that that's probably funny i'm like yeah it's pro- i'm telling you for sure it's going to be funny so you should come with me to see yeah, it yeah. and we saw it and we was dying in the theater now, everybody in the theater was cracking up like it was just it was a fun experience yeah. it's one of the movies where you could kind of like throw it on over and over and watch with friends like oh what we missed this time or like did you know the answer to the question in the board because mm-hmm. i ain't gonna lie that friend's question i did not know the answer to. oh
0: my <laughs> god i know i was like yeah maybe maybe my black card needs to get revoked <laughs> i would not survive Mm-mm.
1: yeah that one i would not have made it through it all because even if even the board game try to hit him with the bullshit because they can't they figured out the answer and the board game was like oh the correct answer is i don't know that shit i'm black i mean you should be talking about living (laughs) single or something i'm like word that's not fair they actually figured out the answer (laughs)
0: that was that was good i liked how in the movie well okay for one watching it on juneteenth a theater full of black people i that was the second time i watched it the first time i watched it was nice was it a preview of it might have either been a preview of it that i saw like an advanced screening or um Mm -hmm. it was just like the day it came out i don't remember which one but either way the theater was not it was not matched like the vibe was off i hated it some some things people were
1: (laughs) that's not no like
0: people were laughing but it it just wasn't like it was like non-black laughter it's like oh that's funny i get that Uh, but like on juneteenth in the theater everyone is laughing everyone is cracking up cutting up and like what i like about the movie is that it's not laughing at black people which is something that i feel like yeah a movie similar to scary movie um which people have compared this movie to sometimes uh sometimes it it falls under laughing at black people instead of Black people laughing with it but with this movie it's like you know we're laughing with you but we're also laughing at white people <laughs> so so it was like you know there are multiple yeah. things about it that there were jokes that only really black people would understand like the the telepathic yep. um look at each other where it's like you just by <laughs> one look you know exactly what is being communicated <laughs> and that was my that was one of my favorite parts because it was so it was so subtle um but really really well done
1: yeah for sure i, I love that uh that shit is, is just gold it's like well, it's one of the things you just wouldn't know and yeah i like i've heard uh i've definitely heard that i guess i don't, I don't even call it i guess critique of scary movie it's that i guess in some ways they've gotten away with it because it's like the waynes brothers
0: right.
1: like who were heavily involved in like the first three films so you're like all right these dudes I always look at the Wayne brothers as like, how can I say it? Like, they're just comedians. Mm -hmm. Like, they're just funny. They're not like, I don't think they've ever tried to be funny specifically to black people or specifically to white people. I think they're just like funny in a a sense of like, uh, I'm trying to think of, I guess like Jim Carrey. Like Jim Carrey's funny, not funny because he's a white guy, but he's just funny because he's funny. I think the Wayne brothers like, which ironically they're the ones who brought Jim Carrey to even our world because of li- live living color. But I think they're in that same space of like just being funny for the sake of funny. So it's even if it's like they're making fun of black people in a way, you know they're making fun of it because there's something funny there. And I think I only probably feel that way because I've seen like interviews with like whether it's Marlon or his or Sean or any one of that giant tribe, <laughs> even her sister. And they're talking about like when they when they're making something funny they're always trying to like just find the funny not even trying to find funny for like a specific audience they're just trying to find funny because something's funny and i've always gotten that vibe with them even with the waynes brothers show like the show is just weird it's funny because it's weird it's like all of the things of like fresh prince martin and all of that but almost ramped up to 10 because both of these guys are like notoriously hilarious Mm -hmm. and then their father playing john witherspoon just kind of adds to that so it was like improvising and all that stuff just seems to come so natural to those dudes uh yeah i just never felt like they were actually making fun of me and the scary movie being essentially a parody of all of the tropes of all of these characters and all of these types of slasher films just kind of adds such another layer of like man this shit is weird but like i love it
0: oh my god yeah (laughs) and like i think more so once the waynes brothers they were hands off with the franchise, that's when it started to feel a little different. Yeah. And you could tell, like, I would, I, if it's made by a black person, I'm not going to sit here and think that it's made to make fun of, it, I'm not going to sit here and think yeah. that it's made against black people. But, like, once that franchise was handed over um, and the Waynes brothers were not as involved with it as they were with the first three like that's when the tone kind of changed um but like the first three that's when they were the funniest quite frankly
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much i was just talking to someone about scary movie 3 yesterday i was like that one was actually like the worst of the first three but it wasn't like the worst film in the world it was just the first two were so good it just is what it is so it's kind of sometimes you get a and horror comedy is hard so. it
0: is yeah i we i was talking about this with someone just the other day about how like horror and comedy are kind of they're same in the sense that the emotion that you're trying to get out of someone like i don't know there's not a movie category that's specific to making you cry like it's not like i want to make you cry it's just like drama yeah it's just drama or melodrama or whatever it is and you're trying to get someone to cry is almost as easy like you just kill a dog in a movie and there you got tears but trying to make because sadness (laughs) sadness (laughs) isn't as subjective i don't think but like horror and what scares you and Mm -hmm. comedy and what makes you laugh is so much more subjective so the goal and how it's achieved and the effort that's put into it is similar for both horror and comedy. So when you put those two together, it's like, oh. And that's why I think so many horror comedies are considered to be campy because not like I, I equate campy to it's not bad, I don't like it. It's bad, I like it. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not a good movie, yeah. but it's a good movie to me. It's campy. <laughs> and that's why a lot of horror comedies, I think, fall under that, that umbrella for me
1: at least yeah that makes sense i always i never really thought too heavily about my how i define camp because you know people say camp we all kind of just go yeah i get what you mean yeah i've always kind of thought of it as like relatively self-aware that's kind of how i've always kind of mm, do yeah. it like it's it's somewhat aware that it's a movie mm-hmm. that is like doing things and kind of acknowledge that but it's not doing it so extremely where you go all right this is just stupid yeah like sometimes it's just a it's just an awareness like that's kind of what the scary movie movies were they were just kind of like an awareness that they were a movie It yeah. didn't even scream the original scream is like it, it it's real like they're not really cracking jokes but they're also kind of aware that they're trapped in a film yeah
0: <laughs> well that's like how we were talking about lisa frankenstein a little bit earlier uh, i mm-hmm. think that i guess from what you're saying i think there are two categories of camp for me then because there's also like meta there's meta camp and then there's camp like like sleepaway True. camp. Sleepaway camp is camp and not because it's meta. <laughs> literal camp. Yeah, it's just literal <laughs> camp. Um but like Lisa Frankenstein, it's very obvious that like they're aware. They're in a, they are in a movie. Um but it's but it's not like they're making jokes. They're not making jokes in reference to the fact that they're in a movie, but more so the the design, like the production of it is almost, it's almost like stage crafty, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It's. Yeah, it does. What a movie. What a movie. I, I literally can't even explain <laughs> it. You just have to experience it for yourself, quite frankly.
1: Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I felt about this. It was like, like what you're saying about the two different theater experiences, which is funny, but also like kind of something that was like just kind of going to happen, right? Like right. It's in a lot of ways, like uh the black community is almost like an inside joke mm-hmm. that like a lot of people aren't on. And I don't mean inside joke as if like, you know, just we just, we just to be made fun of and like not to be taken seriously. But I mean, you know, more so like it's just, it's one of those things where it's like a black guy and all right, I'm from New York. I'm black, I'm black dude from New York and a black dude from Louisiana we will just have some sort of immediate connection about certain oh, things yeah. even though they've never met each other and have no understanding of each other.
0: Yeah. it's just
1: certain things we just know uh and it's not necessarily that we have to like we have a pamphlet of written things that you need to know to be a part of the community but there are just certain things that like draw immediate connections where you just go yep um you know like if somebody does something that you consider like some white people shit like two black people could just look at each other like you ain't got me even saying <laughs> that. It's just like you just thinking <laughs> to yourselves like that's that's some shit. Yeah. But, uh, but all right, all right. And like the, and I mean if you're not one, if you're not a part of the community or if you don't have a lot of friends who talk to you about the community, I just think there's just a lot of things are just gonna just run yeah. over your head. And that's in, that's in, that's intentional. That's that's a part of it. And I mean that's a a part of us getting movies that are uh, made honestly for us. <laughs> like the movie is made for us. Very similarly to even like Jordan Peele's movies. But he specifically even said himself, like, his movies are made for black people. He's like, I want to get the attention of the black people who, like, sit down and watch these movies and go, oh, why the fuck is she going in the closet? She need to go there. Like, mm-hmm. that's who he's talking to. Like, it is, these movies have target audiences. So, um, if you're not that target audience, there's just certain things you will not get. I mean, it's, in some ways, it's kind of no different than seeing a foreign film.
0: Yeah.
1: And you're, like, not familiar with the culture of the film. Like, there is a lot of foreign films that people consider amazing classics. and I can only imagine that your experience would be enhanced, or just like probably thrilling if you're somewhat familiar with the culture over there of like what's happening. Like, um, I think back to uh when me and Jackie covered um. Actually, I did not even go that far back. I think about one of my favorite movies. Actually, uh, it's a movie with Jet Li called Hero. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen it. It's a it's an action movie. It's a, it's an action drama and kind of like a period piece, oh. but it's really cool because the uh long story short basically jet Li is the main character he's like badass kung fu guy and all that stuff but you know i don't know if you're familiar with like a lot of those like chinese or japanese epics where they do like really amazing you know costume design and great stories about like just kind of like the country so like in this movie basically jet Li plays this character who is out to get revenge against like this emperor which sounds insane in himself if you have any idea about the power that an emperor can hold Mm -hmm. um he's basically having like lunch with this emperor he's sitting face to face with him and telling him the story of everything he's gone through to get to the point where he could sit across from him and have the opportunity to kill him and it's like a two and a half hour epic it's amazing and it's so good and i'm not going to spoil like the ending or anything like that you haven't seen it but the ending is something where some people have not many some people (laughs) have went i don't know about that i don't that's weird or like that's not the way i would have took it but it's one of those things where it's like a cultural a cultural thing yeah where you like understand the culture of like china and certain certain beliefs that they have behind like putting code cult- um putting country before self or putting group putting a group over an individual like things like that it, it, it kind of enhances the movie experience and make the decisions in the movie make sense mm-hmm. and i think you just don't get that and it, you don't get that unless you know that yeah and that's what pretty much the blackening is if you don't know you don't yeah. get it no, <laughs> you,
0: talking-
1: you don't even get why they reference in living <laughs> single in the friends joke
0: oh my god i know um, well, and I think oh dang, i lost I lost it. I always do this. Oh, can, no that. no, 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 you're fine. It's a me thing. uh, I have trouble holding on to my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think that um going going back to oh my gosh, hold on, give me a, mhm. Um, I definitely think that going back to what you said about how some people just aren't going to get it, like that's just uh it's an inside thing. Even the internet, like the internet is very much kind of, there is a black side of the internet and then there's the rest of the internet and you don't yeah. realize just how separate it can be until you make a reference to something um and i i see this all the time like mm-hmm. i'll make a reference to like even just a celebrity like there are people who don't even know who coco jones is who don't know who you know yep. like um loretta divine like they don't know these people and i it's crazy to me because these are people i've always been surrounded with i've always i've always known their names i've mm-hmm. always known their faces um so it's just always it's crazy to me for that but that's why I I side eye anyone who says something about like a black movie, a black story, whatever it is. They're like, I just I just didn't get it. It was unclear, whatever, whatever. Like The Exorcist Believer, for example. Not to keep bringing up different movies than the one we're talking about today, That's but okay. um,
1: <laughs> it all connects.
0: Um, the Exorcist Believer, I mean, objectively, wasn't a good movie. That's not what we're here to talk about subjectively the story it was telling and the way that it showcased black religion and a black household, a middle-class black household with a single father and looking at the history of the way that um, 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't have been able to get that in a horror movie in a movie alone, unless Tyler Perry maybe was, was making it. Um, (laughs) So it's like for a lot of non-black critics, to say bad things about it um and it's all very they're all subjective critiques that they're making it's like okay you may not have liked it but you at least have to understand what this means for for the black community and black horror fans
1: yeah definitely um yeah that's that's something that uh has to be recognized because uh we, otherwise, we don't get movies like this, oh. <laughs> which is movie I didn't even know started out because of a sketch. I did not know mm-hmm. that like it was a sketch that was on like Comedy Central or something, and then somebody luckily reached out to Dwayne and was like, "Hey, we can make a movie from that." And he was like, "All right, cool." Like I didn't think that was a possibility, but all right, let's do yeah. it. Like that's you don't you don't get there without the some of the progress that we've made in these movies and. Yeah, man, it's amazing. It's it's kind of amazing to get a movie even like this. I, I couldn't have dreamed of a movie like this that like probably wasn't in like the black exploitation drama. I mean, black exploitation genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, like twenty years ago, I couldn't imagine a movie like this just kind of fitting that. Or if it did, it probably would have been like an independent film or something or something that didn't have like a yeah. major release. Like this movie had a major release, major distribution, end up in theaters like pretty much everywhere, and uh, that's that's a big deal. That's awesome. I applaud him for that. These characters are fucking awesome like the way they're written is like clearly there are black people involved in the writing of these characters cuz the relationships feel authentic, the characters feel authentic. They don't feel like uh some people say caricatures. Right. Uh, <laughs> like they feel like real people. Mm-hmm.
0: But, or like I think some of them may even start out to be caricatures, but then as you go through the movie, you find that they you find more layers and more layers to unpack. Um like hold on let me see let me find his name he's played by melvin Gregg. his name was king so king when you first like
1: he was my favorite character yeah
0: (laughs) i i I really enjoyed it i enjoyed his character and so like when you first meet him his whole thing is like um (laughs) he's like all pro black very very supportive of his community he loves his people um, yep. He wants to fight, you know, fight the system, hates the white man, everything. And you're like, okay, so that's that's who he is. That's his, like, caricature, so to speak. But then you find out he's married to a white woman. And then you find out that he, you know, like, what he does for work. And you find out what he does in his spare time. And how, like, yes, he's pro-black. And yes, he this caricature was created for him. But, like, there's also dimensions to it and and nuances um to who you first met him as if that makes sense but then yeah. you also have his friends with like you ain't a gangster no more exactly <laughs> yeah and then you have Namdi. Namdi is so it, <laughs> like in a regular horror movie um still using you know the average black tropes Namdi would definitely be the like aggressive um he'd be like the aggressive Or he would be, you know, some sort of, like, gangster character, but because of his his build and the way that he spoke, but in this movie, he was very much, like, the opposite of all of those. He might have had a little spook in him, but, like, there was nothing, there was nothing aggressive about him at all. Like, he was just one big, one big softy who, you know, uh, (laughs) wasn't even, people, people really didn't want him to be there at all, but... But he made his presence known, and then, and then <laughs> Dwayne Dwayne Perkins playing himself um, is for so many. Like I loved his character for so many reasons because, as like you know, as I was talking about before, and how I really like to look at queer horror and black horror. Obviously, in real mm-hmm. life, those things intersect. We have black queer people all around the world, but in horror, for whatever reason, sometimes you can't be black and queer. But when you are, you are a caricature. You're very like, yeah. You have to be feminine, and you have to be the complete opposite of masculine. Um, specifically for for like queer black men, because uh, that's I feel like the most we yeah. see in in horror. But um, you have to be the opposite of masculine, and you have to, you know, like there is this caricature of what a gay black man looks like that we've seen in media all around. But I feel like Dwayne's character just completely subverted that. And I mean, he was himself at the end of the day. And I really hope it opens more doors for, for queer black characters because I mean, I loved True Blood. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I've loved, I always loved True Blood. And, um, the character in there which ugh, i can't believe i'm forgetting his name right now but
1: um i know you're talking about the one who wears like the head yes
0: wrap. yes yes yes
1: who's the chef i forgot his name but i haven't watched who blood but i know that character because oh, whenever people talk about that show they talk about that character he,
0: <laughs> is, he is a powerhouse in that show and like definitely blurs the lines between what's masculine and what's feminine because he is all of it he's all of it at the same time and that was my first it's the first time i ever really encountered a black queer character um who just kind of like subverted the binary in a sense and then we get the blackening yeah. and i'm like ah oh, wow this this movie really does have a little bit of everything for everyone in the black community
1: yeah for everyone was like great i love king character so much because he reacted exactly how I would to 99% of the shit that happened. <laughs> 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 like He's like, I mean, his one line is was killing me. Like I love what uh, when nominee said to him, Yo, <laughs> you still working for the man? He said, I'm tired. you going to stop talking about my wife like that.
0: <laughs> that was so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that cracked me up. But that that actor, Melvin Gregg, he's fucking awesome. Mm. I remember he was on this Netflix show called American Vandu, that show was kind of terrible, mm-hmm. but he was phenomenal yeah. in it. Like, he was the only reason I continued to watch it, and that he plays, like, this, um, this like, super, like, I guess you could say egotistical, like, basketball, high school basketball player who's, like, he's the best. Like, he's the shit, And but he was kind of known for getting in trouble, yeah. but just, just doing dumb pranks and stuff, and I think someone, like, pranked, like, the principal of the school, and it was, like, a big deal, and they blamed him, but he actually didn't do it, but he couldn't clear his name but the guy just melvin Gregg just played the guy so well it was like super funny mm-hmm. so i was like once i saw him on screen i was like oh he's in this oh, yeah. i already know this is gonna be funny hey eh? he had me cracking up i, I love when they was voting on um, voting on who's the blackest to get somebody that's why <laughs> he had to get chosen and then they all kind of agreed on clifford and then they asked king he was like king he was just like this nigga like him hey. <laughs> <laughs> just let him go get the fuck out of here well like (laughs) he his one-liners was killing there
0: were a lot of people in this show that they're just like they're prominent actors but i also think i think for me at least i've seen them in small roles here and there so it's like i recognize their face but they're not known for one specific role maybe maybe yvonne because she's she wasn't insecure but like yeah. Melvin Gregg, I haven't really seen him in anything super prominent to be like, oh, that's the guy from this. Same with X Mayo. Never seen her in anything where I'm like, Oh, that is that is that girl. But I do think a lot of them, the women particularly were in the black woman black woman sketch comedy.
1: Black woman sketch. Yes.
0: Show? Yeah. I think a lot of them, Yeah,
1: I've watched that show. That show was awesome. Yeah.
0: I cause that's where like Grace Byers, for example, I've definitely seen her in there. Um, but I think she I resonated with her character a lot. I mean, come on now i'm I'm make <laughs> the secrets out y'all same um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like the the jokes that they were cracking on her, and like, I think, like having a biracial character who just identifies so strongly with her black identity and not the opposite where it's like she's mixed but like
1: she's a bougie yeah
0: um she was just so like down for her community and i was like yes yeah indeed and then they i think somebody was like i think they were (laughs) like i think allison should be the one because she's half um or like the blackest they were like they're like oh (laughs) allison's the blackest because she she's like miss angela angela davis over here um and they're they're like just like (laughs) competing and she's like oh so now i'm fully black to you all after you all talking about my white mother and i was like oh my god oh my god i can't <laughs> too funny too funny
1: hey she came through with the blackest answer though because i know the black national anthem but i cannot remember every verse no
0: no all i know <laughs> so is,
1: she came through with the blackest answer. all i
0: know is the first verse at least and that's it that's all you're getting out of at me.
1: least pretty much i think even when my high school did it for my graduation i think we just sung the first verse the first verse over and over <laughs> i don't think we did the whole song
0: wow but you sang the black national anthem at your high school graduation
1: yeah they like uh yeah that was what class of 2007 or something like that in high school yeah they pretty much yeah that was like a part of our graduation because it was it was a black high school it was uh the name has changed but it was paul Robeson high school i think now it's called like b-tech or something mm. like that i forgot um so yeah, you know, Paul Robeson, black historical figure, and it was, it was called, school was called the Paul Robeson High School of Business and Technology, so pretty much you had to choose one of those two things while attending yeah. there. So it was like, if you wanted to go into business, they taught you business plans and things like that. If you wanted to go into tech, you can learn Photoshop or graphic design and all of that, and that's the side that I jumped into, so it was pretty cool. And for our, yeah, for our graduation, they made us rehearse that song, so we had to sing like the black, you know, black national anthem, uh, we had to... Sing that, and we had to sing something else. I forgot what, but like, uh, oh, oh, I think the other song. What was that song? Uh, hold up the light. The other black song. What? Um, ah, I forgot the damn. I just remember the, like the chorus a little bit, where it's like, hold up the light, and it was like, <laughs> some said like. I can't remember the rest of the words, but yeah, it was like they basically turned it into like a black choir because mm. we, we had we had to sing like three different black songs like on our way in. They had us holding candles and stuff. It was it was nice. It was a nice graduation. It was a pretty cool. I ain't gonna lie. But uh, yeah, I don't remember all the verses any of that stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, yeah, not at all. But yeah, I liked. I mean, as as controversial as the game design as the blackening game design was, yeah. uh i I liked the question it got the point I bro. know, yeah, and <laughs> I think after I watched it, I was like every b s u across the nation has just came up with a new event, like <laughs> every b s u is going to be playing the blackening game at least once a year, and I'm kind of jealous that I won't be able it would to, be fun, I won't be able to um play it with them
1: to be honest might have, i'm sure you could buy something similar we could all play because that would be kind of fun like if the questions are great uh you know if you remove the life or death situation of it all the questions are great
0: actually no keep the life <laughs> the for, questions were keep great. the life or death aspect in it <laughs> because that's really what makes it you know that's what adds the pressure
1: <laughs> uh you know what you're right you get this question wrong about living a single and then you gotta die that's just, how, that's just
0: how it has to be like i'm sorry there is a game though it's called black card revoked and it's essentially the same thing but i want to say these oh yeah these questions were better yeah i can't remember if i played black card revoked but i definitely heard of it yeah, yeah i i wasn't the best yeah these questions were a lot better i wasn't the best i got about half of the ones that i received i got half of them right and that i mean that speaks for my genetic makeup so i guess it checks out at the end of the day but um
1: nah if we being real there's a lot of black facts that are hard to even know because it could be generational as well like the black facts can totally be generational like it's easy to be like okay living single which like almost any black person alive could have at least seen an episode because reruns are pretty heavily on cable tv Mm -hmm. or just everywhere or you've at least heard it in passing every nowadays at the point every time friends is mentioned someone mentions in living single which yeah. is awesome because living single is a better show uh and people have there's already been like reports and all of that stuff like friends was a direct ripped of a living single um they literally ripped the format of that show and been essentially defunded a living single in some ways and put all their money towards friends and that's why it became the the bigger thing because uh, that was back when um well I can't say networks don't still do that, but uh, that was definitely during that time where uh, I don't know if you heard about how like they used to make black shows just to like boost ratings on the network, and then they would change the programming. Yeah, that was definitely uh, during that time where they used to do stuff like that. So, but uh, yeah, no, there's, there's so many a lot of generational questions when it comes to like quote unquote black facts that it could be weird. Like I grew up watching um, reruns of The Jeffersons and Amen and Sanford and Son and all of that stuff, but every black person didn't do that. Now, you should know who Red Fox is, but I mean, like, but every black person didn't grow up watching Sanford and Son.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's just not a thing. And Sanford and Son was outside of my age bracket. It was just something that my dad always watched. And then me and him watched it because it was just funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Um, I, I mean, my mom, white mother, uh, she actually like, (laughs) (laughs) I just have to preface that. She. (laughs) <laughs> just enjoyed black culture so uh well like you know i have my overall thoughts it's i think she wanted to make sure that i was surrounded by as much of my culture as we had access to in kentucky at the time um so like she loved mm-hmm. living single she loved girlfriends oh my gosh she loved that show. Oh, yeah <laughs> Um and of course just like the music as well. Um to this day she's like I yep. just think that if Tupac had never died, he would have been your dad. I'm like, yeah, okay mom. Sure. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> positive that's exactly what would happen. Uh <laughs> but you know, the um I did want to I did want to talk about uh the cop quick in this movie because I just remembered it yep. and I don't want to forget it cuz it is A so a good moment. Um. So they they like meet him. He's not even a cop either. He's a forest ranger, and but he still has a gun somehow. And he you enter you're introduced to him, and he's questioning King on like why he's at this camp at like the cabin and you know what he's what's he doing there and everything. And then all of the friends show up and they're like, why are you questioning him? Like we we have this Airbnb, whatever. So you're like, of course the cop is questioning him, like that that checks out usual forest ranger cop duties. And then
1: yeah.
0: whenever you meet him again, it's because the game has transpired and they're in the midst of outrunning this killer. And so then they open the door trying to run outside and they run into the cop who has a flashlight in his hand. And I'm pretty sure he's holding his gun just, you know, for the sake of safety or whatever and they have like all of their weapons in their hands and the jokes that they like the lines that they deliver back and forth is so funny of an exchange because they're like they're like we're gonna put our hands down now and he's like oh guys it's okay i'm one of the good ones and (laughs) Dwayne goes yeah that's what they (laughs) all say that's worrying
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and i was like he's like that's what a bad one would say
0: exactly i said this is <laughs> this is too good like big brain activity when writing this script
1: yeah for real i loved even the re- other response and he was just like how do we know we could trust him he was like well if i was invited to the cookout i would i i wouldn't come and she was like why not he's like because it's all black space and if i come i'm going to be disturbing that and that's not fair to you guys and she was like that's a damn good answer no, and i was because- like that's the best answer i've ever heard to that
0: i know i know meanwhile you got people handing out cookout invitations over twitter and i'm like we gotta stop in 2020 yeah for real like what the fuck we bro? gotta stop handing out cookout invitations to anybody and everybody
1: seriously man like they hand it out to somebody and two weeks later you find out the person's actually racist they just mm-hmm. like uh, cosplaying this black you're like come on guys come, come on. on come on get us together on we Internet. gotta
0: do better this metaphorical cookout i remember i saw a tiktok the other day and it was like it was like happy black history month to all my black people except for those who give out invitations to the metaphorical cookout <laughs> <laughs> i was like mm, yeah i love that yeah it's so true
1: i love that <laughs> so accurate though we need to leave that behind like it ain't it ain't worth it Why people could be cool they ain't all got to come through for everything Mm-mm. people could be cool no they,
0: don't. they do not, <laughs> they do not need need to rogue with that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah they don't man one thing i really love about this movie is that even when like the like the stakes are high obviously people could die like that's a thing people can die and people do die in this movie yeah but they still find a way to keep it funny, like they still find a way to keep it grounded, which is just, I would say, obviously a testament to just being black. Like we find comedy and and just even tragedy, oftentimes we we find some sort of humor or some si- some sort of levity, just something to kind of go this bad, but you know what, it could be worse, kind of thing. And kind of the first thing that came to mind actually, um, when I was watching this, it was this TikTok I actually saw a while back that was I think I sent it to you because this shit had me in tears. <laughs> But it was just like, <laughs> it was like these, you could, you, the camera's focused on one guy. It's clearly like two black guys having a conversation. And it's like, he, he just ran, they ran into a closet and they're hiding from somebody. And it, I think the caption says like, when you and your friends can't take nothing seriously. And the dude's breathing real hard. Like he just ran for his life. And then his friend was like, did you see how I juked him? He's like, what? <laughs> he's like, did you see how I juked him? And he's like, yo, I didn't hear the knife hit the floor. And they just started laughing about how they ran away from the killer. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i saw his knees buckle he went down <laughs> they just they just it just they took this totally life-threat- life-threatening situation and just started dying laughing about how they basically juked the killer and got away and now they're laughing in the closet like they <laughs> it was really dramatic but they was just like nah bro like he can't even run like that i saw the way he buckled
0: <laughs> well and that's what, and
1: like that's exactly what happened yeah
0: in the blackening it's very much um I and i almost i want to say like i feel like it's representative of the way like i know a lot of people say oh like we can't take nothing seriously black people can't take nothing seriously but i think it's just <laughs> because we always find a way to make uh like to not necessarily find light in a bad situation but like we can always just find the humor like we can always find a way to laugh yeah. laugh our way out of something and i think that's that's what makes this movie so good is they in other horror movies like they definitely realize that them being chased by a killer is serious and deadly but I think the blackening feels a little realistic in the sense that like yeah you're gonna be you're gonna be like running away from a killer trying to fight for your life but if you're with your friends like I think it's it, it's going to be normal to make like little little sidebar things that might make you laugh or like yeah to like be like oh my gosh why you you're so stupid why would you do that like ah oh, I can't believe you you know just like bickering <laughs> and stuff in the midst of everything.
1: Yeah, it's, that's so true. It's just it's going to be something that even if it ain't meant to be funny, it's going to be funny. Like the one part that always fucking cracks me up, even rewatching this, was the part where um <clears throat> where uh King um allison
0: was it shanika
1: uh shanika yeah shanika when they was all when they ran out when they after they all decided to split up which that that's a whole nother conversation. that's funny of itself so. oh but uh when they split up when they split up and those three are together and then allison's like let's just just leave me behind because the adderall's like kicking her ass and she just wants <laughs> to sit down and then king and shanika go and they start arguing because he's she's like yeah we need to just swim across his like he's like swim fuck you think this is i ain't swimming <laughs> and she's just like nah nah like we we need to swim across she's like i i you know i can't swim but also i ain't jumping into this dark and dirty looking water i'm not doing that and she's like all right whatever i'll do it and then the killer like one of the killers pop up and tries to shoot at her with a crossbow and then he doesn't the killer doesn't know that king is above him in the tree and then like something falls and then king just jumps down on the top of the dude to stop him from shooting at shadika and I love that he starts fighting him. He, he the dude swings and he dodges it. And he decks him, and he was like, "Oh, you can't fight!" That part always cracked me up because the amount of times I've heard that happen in fights, where someone realizes the other person does has no fighting skills, is the funniest shit ever.
0: I know. Because <laughs> if
1: if King had two arms, that fight would have been over. But he only had one good arm. Because he got shot with an arrow. Mm-hmm. But if he had two good arms, he would have fucked that dude up. And it, That was just the funniest thing.
0: Oh, yeah. That was funny. Oh, my gosh. That part. And then, like, I think that entire sequence of scenes um, when they're outside. Because you also have uh, Namdi and Lisa who, and I think Dwayne, too. Like, they're outside. They're trying to get in the cop's car. Then the cop gets killed. And... They have to run back inside. But then something happens with Dwayne to where Dwayne's like, No, it's okay. You all just go ahead, leave me. I'll be okay. And they do, no hesitation. And then they find, like, they meet back up again. And Dwayne's like, When I said you could leave me, I didn't actually mean you could leave me. And they were surprised that Dwayne was alive. They were like, Oh my God, you're okay. Because <laughs> it's like, these are all things that. In in a movie like Scream or Friday the thirteenth or whatever, like the characters are saying, Keep going, it's okay, I can fit for myself and they end up dying and it's like, Well, y'all shouldn't have done <laughs> that. That's stupid. Um So you have these moments in the blackening where it not just black tropes are being kind of like spoken on and commentated on, but I guess white slasher tropes too.
1: Yeah, for real man. I, I kind of looked that we got a little bit of, like, the final girl vibe from, like, Allison when she killed that dude, like, but it didn't, it, you know, we didn't have to wait till, like, the final moments of the movie where, like, you know, everyone's dead and she's on her own, and it was, like, the Adderall just kind of turned her
0: into a Wolverine. Oh, my God. No, she <laughs> was <laughs> one. That was so funny. <laughs> I loved, I loved her. She was, <laughs> yeah, she was eating it up. Are we, so are we doing spoilers at all?
1: yeah go go for it you can talk about whatever okay
0: because i was just
1: people already know if they listen to us we spoil stuff okay go good. for it <laughs> because i
0: i wasn't sure um i was i'm just like browsing on this on the imdb page and i was looking at the the trivia which some of the trivia on here i'm like come on now that's not trivia um oh it's like hold on let me see someone said <laughs> The tagline, we can't all die first, refers to a horror trope of the black character being the first to die. I'm like, there is nothing trivia about that. I'm sorry. But something <laughs> something that is interesting, which I don't think I've ever heard this.
1: That might be the writer you're talking about. Oh
0: my God. Um, <laughs> someone said that Clifton points out that he uses an Android phone and not an iPhone. And this is a dead giveaway that he is the killer since Apple infamously will not allow their products to be used by villains. wow yeah i i didn't i personally didn't know know that that. but at, at the same time i know that other brands brands do that they do have stipulations on what like how their products can be used in film so that it doesn't get you know like a bad reputation or anything um yeah of course and clifton being the killer was something i definitely it's not that i didn't see it coming but like it made sense because I think to make the killer be just like a white person in general would be too easy but to make it one of the friends but then because the friends but all the friends are black so you have this kind of like racially charged game uh with a sambo character attached to it and it's like why would someone do that why (laughs) would one of your friends do that like there are there was a historical, historical trauma, <laughs> linked with this game. Um, yep. But then, like, you think the killers are dead, and you go into that basement, and I think even just like, which I talked about this on my my podcast review of the movie, but like, once you get down to the mm-hmm. basement and you see what, like, how the basement is configured with all the different um, like things inside of it. So, the top of the house is this kind of like boot. It's, it's, there's Buddha and there's like all this kind of like greenery and tranquility. And it looks like a millennial, like billionaire household who says they're an ally. Um, and then you get down That's to the point. basement and there's the Confederate flag and there's like this shadow of of like some sort of figure hanging by a noose. And then there's all these other different, like, far right, um, not memorabilia, but just like, you know,
1: Confederate flag, yeah, and all that.
0: contexts. Um, and so you're like, I feel like the house itself, and this is definitely looking a little bit deeper into a horror comedy, but the house itself is, yeah, no, it's true, is like commentary for the way that the world the government um and non-black people but particularly white people in white culture try to present themselves like you meet so many people who whether they want to be i i think that there are white people who they want to be allies they want to be supportive and they want to be anti-racist however there are just those inherent mm-hmm. things that their culture and their their like history have been built off of and there's like those things are just in them and they can unlearn them but that's still their foundation at the end of the day similar to the house
1: yeah i get what you mean yeah I, I get exactly what you mean it's uh in a lot of ways the house is a representation of like uh what you show people versus who you are yeah yeah which i know i didn't think about that until you just pointed that out but that's actually a really good point because it is kind of like the top of the house is like new and modern, and then the basement is like the past.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like an old relic. It has a fucking well in it. Like, how many houses have a well? No, in it? literally. <laughs> and like, seriously, a well? Like, what the fuck? uh And I mean, it sounds like the killing to throw bodies in it probably was recent, but that's recent as far as we know. Mm-hmm. We don't know how like recent it is. Like, in a lot of ways, like it. Yes, it is a horror comedy, but it is a horror comedy with you know a satire for like social commentary. So this it, is all intentional. It's not like we're making this up. Um, like I'm sure that was definitely kept in mind, like how these character, how w- w- the world that they were in at the top, when they, versus the quote unquote bottom. And in some ways, you can make the argument of like just like real estate in general, which something I'm talking with my cousin about. Because one of my cousins is like a real estate investor. That's like his thing. Um. And you know when you look at the laws, not even just the laws. You just look at real estate as a whole. Where like you know when people, like you know black people or just non-white people, were locked out of getting uh particular types of real estate. Like that house may be a 200 years old, probably remodeled in some ways, but you can keep certain things mm-hmm. as they are. You yeah. Know? And like definitely a hundred years ago, this group of black friends that are written this place at an Airbnb would not have been able to do that a hundred years ago. Mm. Not because it wasn't an Airbnb, because the people living there yeah. would not have printed it out to them. So uh all of these things are intentional. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure that was that was very much so an intentional decision. Definitely.
0: Yeah, and I think when I look at movies, I it takes a few watches for me to be able to see all of the different little details like that, for example. Cause on my first watch I'm definitely just paying attention for the story and the narrative. But then as you watch it more and more, like as you were saying in the beginning, um this is the type of movie that you can rewatch multiple times with friends and like you know with the questions and just the little details like what you missed on your last watch that you had. Um so I think that was something that I picked up on like my second or third watch of this movie that really just stuck with me. Um that i i just love the way that filmmakers and screenwriters and just creatives in general find those subtle ways to to like um provide an analogy to something that we experience yeah. in our in our day-to-day lives
1: yeah for us it's like it's incredible like the level of planning and thinking that's going to apparently movie only had like a five million dollar budget which Generally speaking, five million dollars a lot of money, but in movie terms that's oh, not yeah. a huge budget for a film. So that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That they did that. Uh yeah, it's really crazy. One thing I found really interesting, which I didn't consider until I kinda read it in like the article I sent you, was how Dwayne was saying how like uh the violence in the movie, he didn't want it to be over the top. He didn't want it to be a point where it was like triggering or like super traumatic for anyone so they could like actually enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. So he like intentionally made it so that the killers are using crossbows instead of guns. So like, you know, a yeah. crossbow still can kill you but like there's a little there could be humor and someone get hit with a crossbow right. which it was because yeah. when King got shot twice I did die laughing because it's just so fucking random that <laughs> someone would have a crossbow in 2023 yeah. <laughs> <Well,
0: yeah, laughs> uh, it's like
1: <laughs> yeah that, that just cra- I didn't think about it until he said it but I was like yeah he, that is a good point because if they had guns this shit could have been over in like five minutes well, but our uh, crossbows it seems to be more of a game aspect to mm-hmm. it which is intentional
0: yeah that um and i think even like he mentioned uh when they were all outside he mentioned that like something about them being hunted and it's the way that he said it that
1: yeah hunted like animals yeah
0: um that i felt like that even had different contexts to it um to where like throughout history it has felt like that for the black community in different ways like it always feels like like there is like this, like there's a system where a person that is targeting us one way or the other. It's very similar to the way that you do when you, when you hunt for game. Um, but I also, oh my gosh, it happened again. It happened again. <laughs> okay. I, I am sick. Give <laughs>
1: yourself a second. Oh come my back
0: God. To you. Yeah. Um, the oh my gosh yeah i've i almost wondered um the the lack of gore or just like there was also a a cartoony aspect to the gore like um i think it was the the killer he got stabbed in his foot or something and the blood gushed out of it but like the blood that gushed it felt very like you know uh cartoony minimal yeah um and i almost wondered if that was because i feel like within the black community um i've always ran into like not a lot of black people like horror because of the gore and because it's scary um so i was like i wondered if maybe that was the case if they didn't want to make it too gory um just for the fact that like as a whole demographically many black people Tend to stray away from for for
1: that fact. Yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, that's that's probably a good point. I wondered about that too because my my opinion when it comes to like gore and horror is it always like depends on how you show it. Yeah, which is, and like how you show it and how you do it is determines the impact.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like we've all seen horror movies where someone gets killed and we're like, that's funny. Like when she went when uh I believe Lisa when she went off and like beat the dude to death with the fucking flower vase. Uh that was funny. Like oh it wasn't God, just funny yeah. cuz she killed him. It was funny cuz everyone's reaction is like, "Damn, she lo- she went the fuck off." Like they knew they was in a life or death situation, but their reactions was just like, "Oh girl, she he he gone." Like you ain't got to <laughs> you ain't got to keep hitting no <laughs> him. Like that was kind of their reaction. So that was funny. Yeah. But there but there's obviously a way to do it in movies where it's not funny and like you feel a character dying like I don't know, one thing, the first thing that came to my mind was, like, probably because I'm thinking of John Boyega, but uh, the movie Attack the Block. Mm. Like, when the kids in the, the quote-unquote gang, when they died in that movie, they made it sad and tragic. Like, they, mm-hmm. they made because it was, like, every death they wanted you to kind of, like, feel. They didn't have to be gruesome, but, like, you know, the tonally, the way the music changed the way they show the characters die you go oh this isn't like meant to be funny yeah. this is like meant to feel tragic so there's, there's just a way to do it and i guess like the you know the black King just shows to do it in a way that was like funnier mm-hmm. especially with how they were dying like look at the allison fucking went wolverine on the dude with three arrowheads after putting on war paint like rambo was... <laughs> she just like <laughs> jigged homeboy just ah i was like oh shit for a second i was like yo she about to solve the whole movie because she fucked that dude I up know, yeah uh so it was like look at how he died look at when they stabbed him in the foot like you said it was kind of cartoonish but it was also kind of funny because just even the interaction it could have been dark and gloomy because mm-hmm. you're like clearly this guy's trying to kill us he just shot our friend yeah. but she's like shanika's like yo go get a fucking knife mm-hmm. and then she comes back and she's like stab her and then she's like you want me to stab her? It's like yeah bitch you know I fucking give it <laughs> to me and if she does it herself it's like it just this way it's all tone okay, like kind yeah. of what you were saying earlier to like how horror and comedy are just so closely connected it's really tone at the end of the day that determines that john determines whether something's funny or whether it's like horrific yeah Uh, this movie kind of went for the funnier tone
0: it did yeah
1: well we we covered a lot this episode i would love to keep you for another nine hours but unfortunately we got things to do outside of this (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for coming i appreciate you avery as a friend i appreciate you as a fellow podcaster i appreciate your genius and everything that you bring to the table as a person I, i really do value our friendship so thank you for coming
0: oh my god thank you for having me Kendall. thank you for uh asking me to cover this specific movie because i do love it um and yeah thank you (laughs) i can't wait to have you on my show and uh, i value yes with jackie yes jackie gotta come through please jackie jackie come back (laughs) um uh, everything you said times two ditto ditto
1: awesome so uh, before we hop about body here, you let people know where they can find you, but your podcast, where they can find everything. We'll put it in the show notes, too, yeah. so they can find
0: you. You can find me uh, at your, that's you are, horror podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and even Substack if you're feeling freaky. Um, and you can find me on Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, really. It's the Unbound and Rewound Horror Podcast, um, where we dissect every book and horror movie uh to look closer at their bone chilling anatomy
1: awesome awesome thank you thank you uh before we go i just want to say um all the people who got clifford's in their life um don't push them to the point where they want to kill y'all because of spades (laughs) 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 just just, uh don't do that
0: listen Uh, leave your
1: mixed friends alone they still black
0: (laughs) (laughs) if your friends are struggling to play spades it does not take it it does not take too much time to just teach them how to do it you'll be saving your life
1: in the end i promise word and this is coming from somebody who does not know how to play spades. because i every time i learn i go five years without playing and i forget Oop. so <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> but let's get on out of here all right <laughs> next time jackie should be back soon she's coming back guys it's, i'm not saying as it falls along she's coming back so till next time guys Ooh, goes goodbye have a good one